Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas, wonderful holiday. Happy New Year. Carmen and Yurko with you live in the old National Bank State Street studio. You can watch us on Twitch. You can watch us on YouTube. Waddle and Sylvia up in an hour. Dion's actually in for Waddle today, so we'll cross-talk with Dion and with Sylvia an hour from now. If you want to ring us up, we're talking Bears, NFL, MVP race, and how wild that's getting, especially after last night, the four interceptions for Brock Purdy with zero touchdowns. Uh, Lamar and the Ravens flexing a little bit, improving to uh, an NFL best 12-3. and three. 312-332-3776 is the number if you want to ring us up. Lamar is now the favorite as this thing keeps going all over the place. And uh, the second choice at points bet anyway is Christian McCaffrey. How about that? A running back hasn't won since Adrian Peterson in 2012. Um, what else was I going to tell you, York, from the weekend that stood out? Oh, man, Kansas City. Kansas City's offense. Yeah, they're Watched bad. A, a big chunk of that game yesterday. You know, they um, they took the early lead, and then it was disastrous with uh, the back-to-back defensive scores for the Raiders. They got uh, tried to get cute on a play that resulted in a scoop and score, and then a pick six. Uh, that offense just looks, and I get it, they're a little bit banged up on that old line. Their left tackle's out. They lost their right guard yesterday. I don't think he's got a receiver other than Kelsey that he trusts that much. Rasheed Rice, like, pops every once in a while, but he's still young, and I think right. at times, like, he's he makes there. some mistakes. You could see some of the frustrations that... Mahomes has with him. I don't think he trusts anybody else on that offense, to be honest, to throw the football. It looked terrible yesterday. Everything looked rushed and discombobulated. Uh, all of it just looked bad. Nothing looked in rhythm. No, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Nothing. It wasn't in rhythm. Everything kind of was out of whack, and you're just kind of playing sandlot football. Yeah, that's what it right? looked like. That's what it looked like. It'd break down. He'd scramble. He'd get away from the rush. He tried to complete a pass. And maybe they'll figure it out. I mean, he's Mahomes. He's great. But I'll tell you, last year, it didn't rear its ugly head because they were awesome as an offense and they won the Super Bowl. But boy, oh boy, would Tyreek Hill look good in Kansas City. The problem is somebody's got to be sacrificed when you have to pay the quarterback. And make no mistake, they had to pay Patrick Mahomes. But you do. We've talked about this for years. You do have to start to sacrifice in other areas. And the guy they felt like they could sacrifice was Tyreek Hill. And again, last year, it didn't matter. Right. This year? This year, it's hit. It sure as you know what uh, matters. Because he looks <laughs> old, too. The team's getting old. And Kelsey looks old. Kelsey looks old. Kelsey looks old. He looks like you got Yoko Ono up there giving him bad luck, too. She took down the Beatles and she took down Lennon. <laughs> Old Yoko might be taking the Chiefs down up there. Taylor Swift. Well, you no, know, it's actually not Yoko. I mean, how dare you? Um, the weird thing is, he was good early in the year. I think his. I think the age is starting to right. show as the season goes on. He I, looks old. I told you the dilemma with older players is it takes longer to recover during the week. Now you've got an extra week. You've got an extra game. Yeah. It was Friday. I still felt like crap. Mm. I did. I felt like crap. And you could feel great coming out of camp and in the first season. Then the wear and tear gets a little bit colder. You start getting beat up a little bit. And then you got Schlepprock up top there. You call her Yoko. The, the bad tidings. The bad mojo. Well, she had the of, Santa hat on. Of, of Yoko Ono up there. Boy, spending Christmas in KC. She took Lennon down. The Beatles. Yeah, she killed the Beatles. Oh, you know that, right? Well, she didn't kill the Beatles. Yeah, she did. She killed you know, the Beatles. She didn't help. She killed the Beatles. Yeah, she didn't help. Yes. That's true. Who knew Taylor was going to kill the, the Chiefs? Who knew? 
Nobody knows. Poor Tay-Tay. Is it her fault? I just think he's old. Carmen's in Riverside. What up, Carm? Carmen Oates. Good kid. How are you, buddy? What's up? Going on. All right. So I went to my first Bears game Sunday. I don't have access. Yes, my first Bears game at the age of 47. Oh, wow. First game ever. I thought you meant like first game this year. That was your first game ever. No, no. First game ever. Okay. So um, scored some seats from a corporate guy. Nice. Uh, I was up, up high, about 12 rows from the roof. And uh, I don't have access to all 22, right? Mm-hmm. But I had I had good vision because yeah. I could see the whole field. Yeah. I've been on this station multiple times defending Justin. I originally dialed up because of the gentleman that said Mooney was the problem. I <laughs> Zach watched, Levine. <laughs> that's that's harsh, but man. It, but 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 if it's not, I watched that that kid was open so many times, and I watched him deflated walking off the field, like. It, it's 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 it, it's not Mooney. I don't know if it's the play calling, but it's not Mooney. That kid was open two dozen times down the field, and Justin didn't throw to him, didn't look at him, and I watched him deflated walking off to the sidelines when when he was wide open. And I don't know what the problem is. Well, here's the thing, though: nothing will discourage a wide receiver more than being open and not getting the football. Sometimes there's legitimate reasons why. Blitz got to him. He couldn't, didn't have enough time to set and throw. Sometimes there's legitimate reasons why open receivers don't get the football. But you've seen Justin Jefferson go after quarterback. You've seen Stephon Diggs go after well, quarterback. Diggs especially. When, when, when guys are running and they're open and they're making an effort and they don't receive the football, they've got a problem. They're going to have a problem. And maybe Mooney's not of the ilk where he carries enough weight. Where if he's open in, in its problem, I think Darnell Mooney, is that his name, Darnell Mooney? Yes, it is. He can't wait to get the hell out of Chicago. I promise you that. He can't wait. Well, like you've always said, he'd look good for Kansas City. At the end of the year, if Mooney makes it, I'll call Andy Reid myself and tell him to get Mooney on your team. I think Mahomes Trust would me, love Patrick. This, I think he Patrick would, would love Darnell, Darnell Mooney. Absolutely love him. Play him on a one-year, $3 million contract. A prove-it contract with bonus structure in there if you catch 40, 50, 60 passes. He'll always I think be, that'd be um, good for him. He'll always sign be him the, by the end of the year. He'll always be the GOAT in the Cleveland game, I guess. But I don't think Darnell Mooney's a bad player. I no, don't. I don't, I don't think, think he's, he's a bad a player problem. either. Yeah. And in the right situation, I think you'd see, you know, a very productive player. When we've seen... And I and I get why I think it was Jeremiah who called and said, "Well, he's kind of like Zach Levine. Yeah, he had a thousand yard season, but what did that really lead to in a bad year?" Like, I, I get what he was going for, you know. It's the stack between, but, it, but it's when you're one of five, yeah, and one of a twenty-two, yeah, there's a little bit of a difference. difference. I think Darnell Mooney's a pretty good player. And one I think, of five, one of twenty-two, it's a little bit of difference. I think in the right spot, he'd be, you know, you'd see his value. Uh, let's go to Keith in St. Paul on ESPN One Thousand. What's going on, Keith? Hey, how's it going? How are you guys doing? You enjoyed your Christmas? Yes, oh, yes. Yeah. How about you? Festive, festive. Yes. Good. Yes, it was great. You know, I had the luxury of my wife, her family is Minnesotans, and my people are all from Chicago. So both Christmas dinners was just a nice nice little chit-chat about our boy Justin Fields. Watching that game last night was really good with Lamar Jackson. And, um, I just wanted to, you know, say to all my fellow Bears brethren, is that Justin Fields can run just as well as Lamar Jackson. But, guys, we got to stop saying that Justin Fields can throw as well as Lamar Jackson. You know, it's kind of 
the cherry picking of the stats, you know, is getting a little excessive. You know, I've been seeing uh, the things with the last 17 games compared with the two, and mm. the total yards is like it's only maybe about 200, 200 yards off between the two, but that's total yards. And if we're talking about quarterbacking, you mm-hmm. know, throwing the ball, it's just it's, it's invalid. Justin Fields is at, is at 2,146 yards while – Lamar Jackson is at 3,300. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on, guys. We got we to gotta stop with that. Yeah, you know, just because Fields can, Fields can run that ball. Don't get me wrong. And he's made some amazing throws. But our, our boy just is not in the same tier as Lamar Jackson. And we got to stop, you know, over – Exaggerating that. Yeah, Lamar's averaging about yeah, Lamar's averaging about thirty, I think it's about thirty passing yards per game more. You know, the raw numbers because Justin missed some time again. Uh maybe not the the fairest to do go by the counting stat, but if we wanna you know break it down on a per game basis, um, you know, Lamar's three thousand, whatever it is uh, that Keith just said, three thousand three hundred yards, I think it is something like that. It's about thirty passing yards per game more than where Justin's at. Yeah, Justin's still not at two hundred passing yards per game. And and to me that is a little troubling. I I I think it matters. I think it's a little troubling. I think there are still some deficiencies in the pass game. I think the the ball is held on to a lot, needlessly, a lot. I think there's an unwillingness to just let it rip on a on a play by play basis. Sometimes you see it, and it's great when he does it when he just cuts it loose. But I think there's a, a reluctancy to do it. To throw guys open, to throw in a tight windows. I think those are I think those are real issues if you're trying to figure out like is he a franchise quarterback that's that's gonna truly take us to the next level and take this offense to the next level. And the offense just still isn't there. It leaves a lot to be desired. Three one two, three three two, three seven seven six is the number if you want to join us. Lamar is now your front runner for MVP. They've got twelve wins. Uh, his stats aren't totally gaudy. You know, Yurko and I talked about this an yeah, hour ago. There, there's really not, not a, gaudy at all. a quarterback in the league. You know, Purdy's stats, even with yesterday, are very impressive. Dak's stats are impressive. Some of Tua's stats are impressive. You know, Dak's might be the most impressive. He's going to go over 4,000 yards. He's going to have over 30 touchdown passes. He's better than 4-1 to one touchdown to, uh, interception ratio. His quarterback rating is like 105. He's completing over 68% of his passes. If you look at some of the advanced metrics, too, uh, Dak is fourth in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. Uh, Brock Purdy's number one, by the way, even after yesterday's debacle. Yes. So, I mean, Dak's stats might be the most impressive. He's 25 to one right now. You know, if you're depending on these last couple of weeks, could, you know, might potentially go. But it's yeah. a wild MVP race, man. It, it's with two weeks left to really, for us to still be wondering and for the odds to be changing is. As rapidly as they've changed in, in recent yeah, weeks, look, I'm looking it's at all. Crazy. The, I'm looking at all the quarterbacks here and, and all the numbers, and you're trying to crunch them all to see who's what, when, where, why, and how. Yeah, I thought Tua for a while was a front runner. He was he was in that list that was down to you know somewhere and, around and, five and, to and, one. And it's always like one weird loss that all of a sudden catapults him out of being there. Purdy looked like it was fantastic. Everything was getting ready to roll. Mm. One bad loss against the Baltimore Ravens. All of a sudden, he's catapulted. You're not just, you don't move down a, a notch or two. Prescott, you know, these guys lost uh, two games in a row, right? Yeah. The Miami beat him by the field goal? Yeah, beat him by a field yeah, goal. Yeah, Prescott gets catapulted out there. Then after that, nobody else has really kind of gotten close. Jalen Hurts isn't, isn't having the year he had last no, year. No, not even close. By any stretch.
To your point, he's like, thrown a ton of interceptions, too. To your point about Tua, Tua leads the league in passing yards. He's got 26 touchdowns here. His quarterback rating is second best behind Brock Purdy's. It's 105.4. 8.5 yards per attempt. Completion percentage over 70%. And he's second behind Brock Purdy in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. So you're not wrong. I mean, about Tua. There's our, there are impressive stats. He is 9-1. to one. He's fourth choice right now, York. Lamar leads, McCaffrey, Josh Allen, Tua. Who leads the league in interceptions? I'm going to guess Josh Allen still does, right? No. Oh, no. Okay, then hold on. Sam Howell. Oh, Sam Howell. That's right. I probably should have known that. Sam 17, Howell. and then Josh Allen. And then Josh Allen. And then tell you how bad of a year he's having, Patrick Mahomes. It's the most he's ever thrown in a year. Did you know he, that? I, I, I'm sure it is. 14 INTs, the most he's ever thrown. Almost threw another bad one yesterday, but the ball hit the ground, too, in the second quarter where it looked like he had thrown another interception. Let's go to Chase on the south side. What up, Chase? What's up, uh, Carl? How you doing? How was your holiday? It was great, brother. Thank you. That's the Yurko. Happy yeah. New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Hey, hey, I need you guys to do me a favor. When you talk to Sylvie, could you guys ask him this, ask Master Coach, can he explain why every time the Bears win the coin toss, he always take the ball, receive instead of deferring. It is odd, I mean, isn't it? Know, it's it's pretty counter to the way it's usually done these days, yeah. He does it all the time, and, it, and he almost got burned by it. All, again, he almost got burned by it because the Bears got the ball to start the drive. They went, I think they didn't score on that possession. The Cardinals, uh, before the end of the half, they almost got the ball, almost scored, could have got the ball back when the second half and scored again. That would have bite them back. And I've noticed this has been a consistent pattern, and it's like when he does that, and these are all the more reasons why I think he needs to go, why this whole entire coaching staff needs to go, because that game, as good as, good as they played in the first half, if you played any other good team, that, that, that would have been another epic collapse again. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all the more reason why this coaching staff has to go. There, there is no excuse why you blow a 21-point lead in the, four, uh, 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 in the first half. That's yeah. inexcusable. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Like, he had – this coach staff cannot come back next year. I'm sorry. They can't do it. Chase, thanks, brother. I, I, I didn't uh, think the Bears almost, were going to lose that yeah. game. Oh, but oh, did you – Right, like, almost losing it doesn't count. No, it doesn't. I mean, it almost losing a lead. When you're up 21 nothing, um, at some point they're going to score some points. Did you think they were – like, were you going – were you and Pecky going, oh, boy, here we go again? I never oh, – yeah. Were you? Oh, yeah. Here we go. I, I didn't think oh, – Ari- I, yeah. I just don't think Arizona was good enough. I didn't well, think they were capable. maybe not. And they had some uh, – they were going to self-inflict wounds themselves also, which is not a bad thing. You know I, I, I love aggressive coaching and going for it. What did you think of Gannon's decision to go where – considering where they were on the field on that fourth down, Yerk, when it was still the one-score game, they basically – if they didn't get it, I think it was fourth and four – they were basically handing the Bears a field goal, yeah, I, making it a two-score game, and they had all three timeouts and the two-minute warning. I think it's idiotic if you don't play a field position game in the NFL. I thought that was a field, bad choice. Field position of percentages of scoring from certain field, from certain, uh, certain yardages, when you've got to go 90, when you've got to go 80, when you've got to go 70, when you've got to go 60, for, to not be able to understand the, the basic math of that against just going for it on fourth down, I think is idiotic. Somebody went for a two-point conversion early in the game yesterday that Aikman was doing. What? That was the night game. They did yeah. the night game. That was the night game. They went for the uh, two-point conversion. Why? 
What are you going for a two-point conversion for? It's a seven-point game if you kick the extra point. What are you doing? Mm. You know, you're being an idiot. Why being an idiot that early? Aikman said it best. You don't go for two until you have to go for two. When you have to go for two, that's when you go for two. Why go for two for a just willy-nilly reason? It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what, the, me. I don't know what the fourth down bot or what ESPN analytics had said about it, but I thought it was a weird decision by Gannon. If you're down multiple scores, I get it. You're running out of time. Like, yeah. I, it was a one-score game, and you were giving them a field goal, and it was like fourth and fourth, and they had all their timeouts. It and, seemed and, odd. Right, and you set yourself up for having to then, I have to go for two just to tie. Well, and that's the other, yeah. To, to tie. If you make it 14-7 or whatever it was going to be, then you score a touchdown. Now you've got the option of what to do. Or was that something early? Like it was early in the game. You should all, if you're down 14. I do agree with no, going for two right. on the first. Of one. course, no. This yeah. was early. Oh, this was early. Okay. This is uh, to make it 14-7, and he went for the two to make oh, it 14-8. Yeah, Why? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're being too. And Aikman said it. Aikman goes, "I don't get it. Hmm. I know people want to tell you it's it's worth it." He goes, "But." Why would you set yourself up an, off a normal scoring table hmm. that early in the game to where you might have to go for two all the time now? And it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. All right, we got a bunch of Bears calls and NFL calls. We'll grab those. I want to play Steve Kerr's uh, little rant from post game yesterday. Uh, you know, NBA sort of on Christmas got a little bit maybe lost in the shuffle yesterday because there were three NFL games. You know, worldwide domination and hegemony from the NFL. So. I feel like it got lost in the shuffle a little. I didn't watch a ton. I watched some, watched some of the Laker game. Uh, the Laker Celtic game was pretty good. Uh, but I want to play Steve Kerr's rant on the officiating and just the, the general direction of officiating in the league. I thought it was interesting. We'll play that a little bit later uh, before we're out of here. We'll cross talk with Dion and Sylvia too. More of your Bears and NFL calls coming up. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Everyone had a great holiday. Back out to the phones here in a second. It's Carmen and Yurko. Good to be back. No, 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 no. I love how much Connor Bedard's goal generated... Interest and enthusiasm over the holiday break, Erko. The Michigan, everybody yeah, just called it the that. Michigan well, goal. That's because that's what it is. The yeah, Michigan goal. It's the Michigan goal. Full, first pulled off at the University of Michigan. I don't know by who. I saw the highlight yesterday. Yeah, about the first time that was employed. Like Twenty years ago. Yeah, maybe even more. Yeah, and so uh, Bedard went and uh, popped one out. Awesome. Uh, did you see the guy for the uh, Coyotes that did the lacrosse one? I don't know if I saw that. Yeah, I think he's with the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, no, Anaheim Ducks. With Anaheim. Anaheim with, with, Ducks uh, is the one. Is that who yeah, it was? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I and did And before the game, the, the girl that was interviewing said, hey, can you give us a Michigan or a lacrosse goal? And she had a third one what? she described. Yeah. And then he went there behind the net. And Are he kept serious? going toward the boards and just flicked it back and went in the net. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. The girl interviewing said, can you get us something special? And she said Michigan, a lacrosse goal. That's crazy. Or something else. It was yeah. Trevor Zegras that did it. Uh, I mean, it was the same night or the next night after Same Mich- night. It was very cool that Gretzky was at the Blues game for that and talked about it and said, I couldn't do that. He goes, he goes my curve wasn't right for that. He goes, I couldn't do that play, though. Gretzky back uh, you know, behind the net was his office, but he goes, I couldn't do that play. And he was very complimentary of Bedard and how good he's been for such a young kid. The team stinks. 
I mean, they flat out stink. They stink. Oh, oh. You, that, that's the game they, that was five two lead. Yeah, they gave five up two seven lead. They gave up five goals to finish that one off. They they, yeah. they, they the, the Montreal game they blew uh, got a, it got carried that's away right. late to the, the St. Louis game. They stink. I, Bernard's going to be awesome. I like Korczynski. I like some of the, but they're just very young and inexperienced, and they flat out stink. There's really nobody, especially on the back end. offensively, on the back uh, end. other than Connor. Yeah, on the, yeah, back, the back end, end they're young and inexperienced. They stink, but it's fun watching him. And I love that. That I mean, that goal was everywhere, all over social media. So that was cool to see. Let's go to Tony on the south side. What's going on, Tony? Hey, hello. Um, I'm glad to take part in this um, conversation here. Um, I just want to say something about the draft picks. They like um, Caleb Williams or Drug May or Bo Nix or whoever. What are they going to bring to Chicago compared to what Justin Fields is giving us right now? Because sometimes when I look at Justin Fields, I'm telling myself, this guy, his first two years with the Chicago Bears, he's been nothing. Because the first year, the coach didn't want him. The second year, he had no defense. All the, all the guys were traded away. So, he was constantly in games that he had to improvise himself. And all the running, I thought he did. I thought he had to do it because he had no choice but to run. And given the right circumstances with the proper offensive a good offensive coordinator, yeah. good, uh, what's it called? Um, hello? Yeah. yeah, we're listening yeah. to you, Tony. Okay. Um, I think with good coaching and um, the line, it's very important that we get a good line. There's no center. We need a left tackle. And again, I will. If we cannot get um, Marvin Harrison, there are other um, wide receivers that we can go after that we that could help on yeah, that offense. They're talking about eight wide receivers that might have first round uh, first, first round grades, grades coming Tell out. Me thanks. So if you can't get Marvin Harrison. And it looks like Caleb Williams does want to come here. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw the tweet he threw out there that he doesn't want to get out there. Well, uh, I agree that they need a center. Uh, but I think between Whitehair and Lucas Patrick, they had a good game this week. But they're both going to be gone next year. I would but think. they had a good game this week. Yeah. Right? They're in the market for a center. There's they're, no they're doubt. They're in the market for a center. I don't know if they're in the market for a left tackle. I don't know that they are either. I don't think they are. I'm but I know they're in the market for a center. And if Tevin Jenkins can come back healthy and they re-sign him, I think he's your left guard as you move forward. I agree. Uh, sometimes you can have too much time. And if you have too much time, it can expose some things. Okay? That's what you worry about quarterback position for Justin Fields. Are you being exposed to too many things? If everybody wants to throw last year out, I've got no problem throwing last year out. The Bears are trying to lose. Mm-hmm. Somebody, Yurko alluded to this, somebody put on Twitter, and they, they at-mentioned Caleb Williams, so he saw it. And he liked the tweet, and so that's got everybody, you know. Right, right. Uh, only one option for at Chicago Bears in the 2024 at NFL Draft. It's not at Caleb CSW. We want at Justin Fields. The answer is at Marv Harrison Jr. And Caleb Williams liked it. And maybe he just is support Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, yeah, Marvin. Uh, maybe he's a big fan of Marv, Marvin Harrison Jr. That's going to be a whole thing come spring, right? Like, we're going to... Things are going to leak out yeah. whether it's dad or, or yeah. Caleb. Like, he doesn't want to go to the things. Bears. It's going to be like a John Elway, right. Eli Manning thing. Right. right. Anybody else pull that move I, over if, the if, years if, or just, if, Eli and, um, just Eli and Elway? I think, just I Eli think it was Elway. Eli and Elway, yeah. And Phillip Rivers was caught in the mix of that one. Yeah, and I think San Diego was happy to have Phillip Rivers. I, I think mean, they were. I think they didn't mind. Listen, Phillip Rivers, without a doubt, 
who's a better quarterback in the NFL than Eli Manning. 100% true. Without a doubt. Yes. Now, Eli won two Super Bowls. I tip my hat. Okay, fine. He'll make the Hall of Fame because of that. Phillip Rivers was, without a doubt, the better quarterback. And they didn't have as much playoff success. And, you know, it dogs guys. Okay, so. But I think they were they were happy with what uh, what they ended up with. I don't think it would have been quite the same for Eli in San Diego. Let's go to who's been waiting a while here, Eric. We got a service to people that have been waiting patiently. Derek's and Carol Stream on ESPN 1000. Hello, Derek. Hey, what's going on, guys? Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Hey, for, before I get to my point, I couldn't agree with you more on that, Carm. If anybody tries to argue with Eli, that Eli Manning's a better quarterback than Philip Rivers. Yeah, not their football conversation altogether. Not even close, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not even close. All you need is one eye to tell that. <laughs> um, but I called you guys. We were discussing what's going on with Kelsey. What's why he's dipping? I like Yurko's comment about the Yoko's breaking up the band. <laughs> yep. But uh, it, it, it's exactly that. Women like like the great Burgess Meredith said. Women weaken the knees, right? <laughs> they weaken legs. <laughs> That's we, what Burgess is, Meredith said. Rocky. Is that what we think is happening? He hey. said you got to stay of away course. from that pet shop dame. Maybe it's a combination, Derek. Like he's getting old and he's very distracted by Taylor. You know. Yeah, maybe a little both. I listen, Derek. Thanks, buddy. Happy uh, Happy New Year. I'd be distracted. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, I'd be distracted. Yeah, you know, Dayton Tay Tay. I'd be very distracted. Well, it could be distracting. You know, maybe it's the distraction that uh, Travis Kelsey needs. I'd be happy to be that distracted. Yeah, I didn't. Who knew who's gonna break up the Chiefs? <laughs> you know. Who knew that was going to happen? He was so good early on when she was at those games, though. Remember those first couple? He was awesome. Mm-hmm. And now he doesn't look so awesome. That offense doesn't look awesome. I still don't know. Like, is Nagy maybe calling some Maybe the spark's gone. Who well, knows? I don't know. They ran a play yesterday. I texted the group right away. The, like, the guys that were on the text chain here, Waddle and Sylvie and Connor and a bunch of guys, Debdala and Meller. I said, that had to be a Nagy play. It was some cockamamie. I said, they, they, well, I don't know what Andy's doing. Is like he every other series is he letting Nagy call some plays? Yeah, that I don't was know. during the festive holidays, so you're watching. It's on, right? And then you're you know you're entertaining family and you're having a good time, right? Yeah, you're playing dominoes. You play, you, you know, you're doing all types of fun. That's right, you're. So I I don't even remember exactly what it was, but all I know is I watched it and I texted the guys right away. I'm like, that's got to be a Nagy special. I'm like, what are they doing? And then, and, you know, Andy Reid's getting mad at Kel. He's mad at Kelsey. Man, who knows what's going on there? This is the most uneven they've been since the Mahomes era start. And their defense yeah. might be the best they've ever had. Yeah, right, yes. But this is like the most uneven. And it, it kind of feels like I wouldn't count them out because it's Mahomes and Reid, right, Yerk? But this kind of feels like, eh, not this year, not this team. I don't know. No. It just doesn't feel like it, does it? No, it doesn't even feel like Philly's getting back, so. Uh, yeah, you might be right about that, but this is the first time in like five or six years we've said that about the Chiefs. This is like the first time in the Mahomes era where you kind of look at them, and they're nine and six, and they what, they've lost three or four now, right? I think they've lost three or four, and you're just kind of like, eh, I don't know. This, this doesn't look right. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Matt Eberflus. Why is Matt Eberflus talking on a Tuesday? Is it weird because, like, the holiday I, I week? I don't know. 
Everything's weird for the holiday week. He's supposed to meet the media. We'll carry that live. It's uh, Sunday at noon, right? The game's Sunday at noon. Bears play Sunday at noon. Yeah, yeah. Sunday at noon. Well, Thursday night game this week. I believe it's only one Saturday game. It's a Saturday night game. Then the rest of the slate is on Sunday. On a Sunday. And then there's nothing. No Monday nighter? There's no Monday nighter because the bowl games are Monday. Oh, they're going to allow college football to have their day? Yes, they are. After, uh, well, did you see the game on Peacock? No, uh, which game was on Peacock? There was, a game on, there was a game on Peacock this week. An NFL game? NFL game on Peacock, the second game of two. Which game would that have been? I don't know. It's a game on Peacock. I, I didn't get a Peacock. chance to see it. And I was, a lot of people don't have Peacock, Harm. They couldn't find it in the oh, bar. Was it, was, was it um, Bill's Chargers on Saturday night? Yes. Is that the Peacock game? Bill's Chargers, Saturday night, Peacock. Wow, I don't yeah, think Yeah, Peacock game. I want to see the ratings for that Peacock game. I wonder. Like in the Chicago market for that game. Or a New York market for those of us that don't have Peacock. Yeah, and I didn't watch the Bills Chargers, so that would make sense, Yerk. I, I wasn't available to watch that game. I was. And, I, and it so wasn't on. That's probably why I didn't even realize. And, and I was out in the boots. Hmm. I was out in the boots. And guess how many bars have Peacock? None. Zero. Zero bars have Peacock. That's awesome. None. Why would they have Peacock? I don't know. No. For one game during the year? That's it? I'm going to get Peacock for one game? Well, it doesn't look like anything this week is Peacock. This week is normal. It's the, you know, the prime video. The prime game is Thursday. It's Jets-Browns. That's not very sexy. Right. The Saturday night game is good. That's going to be... The ESPN crew, that's like they're treating that as the Monday nighter, is the right. Saturday night game. That's the Lions, Cowboys, and Big D. That one's pretty good. Check the Packer game out. See who they're playing, what it's on. Uh, the Packers this week have the Vikings. That's the Sunday night game, I believe. Okay, where's that one on? That's Sunday night. It's Sunday night football. It's on NBC. It's not Peacock only? Oh, let me look. Hold oh, on. that's what I'm saying. Check that out. I um, saw something goofy yeah. this week. It says NBC. Okay, then it's fine. Yeah, that's Packer Vikings. It's fine. Game. Thank heavens. There's not another one of these peacock <laughs> deals funny. that they've got. Jay's in Belvedere on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jay? Guys, let's take my phone call. Uh, I, got a little, I got a couple questions for you guys, so hopefully let me run it. Um, first, where do you guys sit on fields at the end of the year? Are you drafting quarterbacks, or are you... Are you uh, going with field I'm, I'm drafting keeping, one somewhere for I'm sure. I'm keeping all my <laughs> options open. I think I'm. I think I'm drafting okay. a quarterback, Jay, or early with your first pick. Yeah. Okay. Top. There's no top, top ten quarterbacks. I mean, this is just insane to think about. Out of the last ten years, six of them have gone number one. Mm. Three of them are bust: Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, and I think Kyler Murray is a bust as well. Mm. Jay. Jared Goff is the bubble. If you want to go, that keeps you at fifty percent there. Otherwise, four out of the six are right. pretty bad. Yep. The best quarterbacks, with the exception of Mahomes here, Mahomes went number ten. Josh Allen number twelve. Lamar thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Jalen fifty-third. Purdy, Purdy two hundred and sixty-two. Last. Why in the hell are <laughs> why are we why are we giving up our options on bettering our team tremendously with all of these? Top ten quarterback, all Mahomes, Allen, Jalen, uh, Birdie, and Lamar have enormous talent around them. Why and what do you see out of Caleb Williams or any other quarterback come out of draft that makes you think that that person is better than a national champion who could, at the flick of the wrist, throw a ball seventy-five yards and has Lamar Jackson speed? 
Don't we put anything on coaching? This kid has had, what, three different systems? He's This first head coach didn't want him to even play. It is insane how quickly we just want to re- hit the reset button with no evidence. I'm drafting a quarterback number one, two, three, or four, or five gets you anywhere. You want to go number five? How does J- how does uh, Justin Herbert look at six? Not very good this year or or past. He's a great quarterback. Yeah, but you take Justin Herbert. Team. Yeah, you take Herbert. Herbert or two. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But he's not winning more than just. He's not winning anymore. They're not doing anything more than the Bears had the last however many years. They're not providing playoff wins or anything like that. I did. Yeah, Tua, Tua was you know, fi- Tua was fifth overall. I mean, I think, and I get the point, Jay. Like, it's there's always risk, Jay. Yeah, you'd be happy with Tua or Justin Herbert, of course you would be. Uh, guys that went in the top ten. There's a there's a big bus factor. We we know that there's a there's a very big bus factor. Yes. So maybe you do wait and you find Bo Nix or Michael Penix late and they turn out to be a stud. That'd be awesome if the Bears could pull that off. It'd be great. Fine. I want them to draft a quarterback somewhere. Give me one of those uncomfortable quarterbacks in the uh, green room. You know? Yeah, right. One that's sweating bullets over there whose girlfriend looks like she's ready to leave him. The Will uh, Levis like situation. Right, exactly. I'm just not totally convinced that Justin can ever really thrive like as a great passer and elevate an offense, like truly elevate an offense to being great. I just have my doubts on it. I mean, we, and we've seen a lot of, Justin's played a lot of games. He's played 39 games now in the NFL. It's a lot of games. Is it always been perfect? No. Coaching, personnel. Like, I understand that. I'm, I'm factoring that in. But you can also see a lot of things just by watching. And I don't see a player that can elevate an offense to truly being great. And I'd like for them to find a quarterback that can elevate an offense to be great. Here's Matt Eberflus meeting the media up at Hallis Hall here in your home for the Bears, ESPN Chicago. Man, on that interception, what, was there, what is the corner supposed to be doing? Did he just make a, like you said, a nice play and kind of was in a position that he normally... Yeah, so what I saw on tape, it was man, it was straight man-to-man coverage, and they had a guy uh, assigned, it was a five-man rush, they had a guy assigned to Justin for a scramble. Um, and they were in man-to-man coverage across the board, so he took the guy to the flat, uh, ran out of real estate, and sloughed off and turned per, turned what we call BTS and ended up making a nice play on the ball. Are you looking for the ball to go to DJ there in terms of that specific? Uh, it's it's really either one. Whatever we feel that's uh, that's uh, that was the one to Herbert in the corner, right? Yeah, Herbert. Yep, that's the one. So, what are some of the things that really impressed you about the progress that the defense has made? Because it's really sort of stepped up. Yeah, um, they've uh, stepped up in a lot of ways, and most most importantly, they're playing together. You know, so the continuity that they have. Um, obviously, the run defense has been stout. Um, you know, at times. And uh, we certainly need to have that done this week. You know, we got a big challenge ahead of us for uh, the run. Uh, this team is a really good run team. Uh, they know how to do it. And obviously, they got really good personnel uh, that can do that. So we got to do a really good job this week. Um, but the, the takeaways have been um, high. I know we didn't get any the other day. So uh, we're going to have to pick that up here the next game. Um, you know, and then obviously the, the space tackling, the tackling, uh, the sacks have picked up. You know, all those things have done that. But really, it's just buying into the system, you know, buying into our system. It's got a long history. Um, it's been around uh, this league for a long time. And the guys understand the core principles and the standards it takes to play the positions. And uh, they're really doing a good job of 
rushing and cover and cover and rush, really playing off each other that way and understanding, you know, where the spots are to make their plays in the defense. Um, that's why you guys, uh, you see guys that are comfortable. Uh, they're playing fast and they're playing physical and it's, it's fun to watch when it gets to that point. Man, with the downfield passing attack, you've been saying for a while you wanted to see more of that in the offense. Um, why you, you guys have, you, you want that. Justin is talented at that. You have fast receivers. Why hasn't that been more a part of you guys' arsenal this season? Well, I've, I think we had a couple good ones, um, you know, during the game, you know, and I know one was a scramble um, where he threw the ball down the field, and I thought that was a nice play by Justin, you know, evading the rush there, uh, working out of the pocket, and then finding Cole all the way down the field, and Cole made an awesome play. And, you know, and Cole played awesome, by the way, you know, for when he was in there. Man, he just – he was gutting it out, blocking well, and obviously he's been a – had a really good season. Um, for him, but, uh, and again, the, that play that came behind, you know, that, that, uh, hideout, hideout play, so to speak, that was a really good play, um, also. It was a good chunk play. You know, so we had a good, you know, some good shots in there. We just needed to do a better job of, uh, keeping that going, you know, and, uh, then we took a shot to, to Valus on the one side there. I think the, the pass was just off a little bit on that one, but, uh, again, we got to continue to do that because I know how hard it is, you know, uh, defensively speaking of, when you do that, you back guys off you a little bit, and it opens up the intermediate passing game. A big picture this season, not just the Cardinals game. What has been in the way of you guys making that a regular part of your offense? I mean, it seems like you have pieces to do it with. Yeah, I would just say we just got to keep keep getting after it. You know, just keep doing it, and uh, you know, keep taking our shots, and uh, keep making those connections. And uh, you know, hopefully this this next two games we will. You know, we will take, uh, make those connections, uh, with DJ, with the guys that go down the field, um, you know, Mooney and different guys. And Cole's done a good job of that too, but, uh, just got to keep doing it. And the short garden situations, what is your kind of philosophy in terms of mixing up creative looks versus having something that, that might be predictable and a staple, but that you just rely on and go get? Yeah. 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 You know, we, we have to do a better job with short yardage. There's no question about that. I think that we do a, uh, you know, you have to have a staple, something that you go to, you know, it's, you know, it's usually the, the the sneak or the wedge or the rugby, whatever you're calling that. You know, the Philadelphia play. Um, you know, so and uh, we've done that a couple of times. And uh, but we need to be more effective at that. You know, so uh, we're looking to be more effective at that because you need something like that where you can always go to that. And then you need some stuff that that hits the perimeter. You know, um, you know, because teams will load up inside there um, on you. You know, pack everybody inside and leave themselves vulnerable on the outside. So I, I do think you need that. And, uh, we certainly uh, have that in our arsenal too. But, uh, again, it just comes down to execution. You know, it comes down to the guys, you know, executing that, the, the push play, um, better and also the perimeter plays better. Wouldn't, if you're in short yardage on offense, wouldn't, wouldn't it make sense to almost always, if not always, have the ball in Justin's hands because of how unpredictable he is, because of what a unique weapon he would be in that situation? I mean, if you think about it from a defensive coach's perspective, that would be a really difficult problem to deal with on, you know, needing third or less. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to put it in your, in your guys' hands, right? So, you know, Justin Fields is one of those guys, you know, DJ is one of those guys. Um, but you have to have some, you know, multiplicity to it also, I, I think. So, um, to your point, yes, I think that's right. But I also think you have to have some multiplicity to it. Matt, to, to a man after the game Sunday, yourself included, everyone was very excited for Mercedes, obviously to get the reward of the touchdown, but yeah. But it seems like for a guy that just got here, you know, 
midway through the offseason, and he's become very magnetic for a lot of guys. I'm just curious from your perspective why he's had that effect on, on the locker room. Yeah, just, uh, you know, he gets respect when he walks right into the building because of the 18 years, you know, in the NFL. I mean, that's hard to do as a player now, but uh, and uh, just the kind of man he is. I mean, he is, he is a, a true leader. Um, you know, he, he helps younger guys. You know, he's very wise uh, when it comes to football and outside of football as well. And uh, just has a way about him, you know. And uh, he has, uh, you know, obviously been one of our captains. You know, he's one of our true leaders, you know, on the football team. And and uh, that's why guys were so excited because they wanted to see him. You know, we had that play in, and uh, you know, it didn't go as designed. You know, we Justin had a really good fake. He turned around and he's looking for, you know, DJ on the on the shake route coming back. And then the next one is the block to the corner and a really good job of Justin. Like he was going to run, the defender came up and we threw it to him and. But uh, for him to get that play was was real, uh, was exciting for everybody, and, and, and including me. So, Matt, going back to the the passing game, you guys ranked 27th in the NFL, but you've had some really nice moments. What's your satisfaction level at with the passing game this season and the growth that's shown? Well, I mean, if it's at 27, you know, it's not not where it needs to be, right? So we just got to you know we just got to continue to work on that, and uh, you know, it's got to like to your point, you know, get the downfield throws and get explosive throws. You know, how you score uh, in the NFL is to get explosive passes and explosive, you know, runs, and and that, that's what you need to do. And I thought we did a really good job getting those explosive runs on Sunday, you know, and Herbert did a heck of, heck of a job running the ball. I thought the line did a really good job of that. Um, but, but to your point, you know, we got to get some of those explosive passes. Like I said, we had a few, but we need to get more of those. Matt, the TV copy picked up a, a sequence where Justin didn't seem pleased with something maybe with Getsy was saying it was a second and six late in the third quarter, about two minutes left. The second and six play ends up being an incomplete pass to the right. Do you know, uh, exactly what was kind of going on in that, that sequence? I think they were arguing about under center or pistol. But uh, that might have been it. But uh, the play works either way. It's, it's the same play. But, uh, yeah. When you guys came in and started to rebuild this thing, you guys, a lot of veterans were traded and left, but you kept Eddie and Jalen. Um, now that the defense is where it's at, how do you describe the value having both of those guys throughout this rebuild has been? You talking about Eddie and Jaquan? Eddie and Jalen. Jalen, yeah. Both, both have been great. Uh, true pros uh, have done everything we asked them to, um, have helped the younger guys. Um, have both risen, you know, Eddie really had a really great year last year. He's having a solid, you know, consistent year this year. Um, you know, Eddie had a really good year last year before he got hurt. You know, Jalen's really come on as of late. And uh, I'm excited for those guys, both of those guys, um, where their future is going to be. You know, we don't know all that right now. Um, you know, we certainly would love them to have them here. But uh, those guys have really done a nice job. And they're both, uh, like, so smart when it comes to football. Uh, they're high, high intelligent guys. And that certainly helps our young guys, our first and second year players, uh, to be able to develop, you know, understanding the game of football. And those guys have been a big part of that. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. All right, there's Matt Eberflus addressing the media. We'll take a quick break, come back, try to sneak in a couple more calls, crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvia, too. It's Carmen and Yerk. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Let's squeeze in a few more calls before crosstalk at the top of the hour. Dion's in for Waddle. It'll be Sylvie and Dion getting you around this afternoon, 2 until 6. Tracy's on the south side. Hey, Tracy. Yeah, what's going on? What's up? Hey, happy holiday. You too. 
Hey, I just have one question. You know, uh, I know that, you know, the Fields has not been the best quarterback in the game or he's not even close to the best quarterback in the game. But I feel like we know what we got. And uh, I know that Tom Brady came out and everybody passed him up. Now, what's to say we got to keep going backwards? to say, okay, this is our guy. When are we going to say, hey, let's just go with it. And there's one more thing. How much time do you give a person to rebuild a team? Hmm. Um, all right, Tracy, thanks. Uh, three-ish years? So Ryan Paul's second year. Well, he took a year to tear it down. Mm-hmm. So if you tear it down one year, do you give them three years to bring it back? So are you, are you in year one of the rebuild? Good question. There are some things that are good personnel-wise. There are some things that aren't. That's the case for most of these guys, though, right, Yerk? That's not like, you know, okay, yeah, duh. It's always like that. Valus Jones is of the world. The Lucas Patrick signing. Like, there are things that you go, oof. Then there's Kyler Gordon. I thought Kyler played a hell of a game on Sunday. Yeah. But Brisker the week before. And then there's Brisker. And Kyler Gordon last week. Right? Yeah. Like, well, as you go forward, there you, are some positive things. You like the DJ what, Moore yeah, trade. You I like mean, what you have in the defensive backfield. 29, 6, 9, 33, if you decide you want to keep 33. Absolutely. 33 may have played one of the best years he's had. I think by in his fall, career. I think definitely. Then you have to, well, in his career. Yes. In his career, yeah. Then you've got to ask where does that measure with the rest of the league. So I think, yeah. I think your defensive backfield yeah. is rebuilt. Like adding Edmonds and Edwards. Eddie Jackson like, is gone. Probably. you got to find somebody who's a more willing tackler back there. Yeah. And maybe somebody more that's a youthful ball hawk. Yeah. You might want to, or you can go with the veteran route and get a veteran guy in here that you don't have to pay $14 million or $12 million to. Yeah. So you can go that direction, too, in the defensive backfield. Linebackers are set. Dexter, I told you Dexter's coming. Yeah, he said he's coming. I told you guys he's coming. He's coming. Everybody, I saw the signs, okay? I saw uh, the signs, and oh, do you it need opened Daniel? up my eyes. Yeah. I saw the signs. Do you need Daniil Hunter? I like that. That's ace of base, remember? That's pitch perfect right there. Do I... Uh, Daniel Hunter's getting a little old. Are you going to pay Daniel well, Hunter I, I think just paying sweat? I think that's your question. Do you I need to draft him. a guy. Draft a guy. There's nobody available. Have you seen the, 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 the edge rushers coming out? Oh, but there's out? always somebody, right? You can... Okay, good. maybe, possibly, maybe later on, there's an edge rusher you can get in there. But, I mean, at some point, you've got to start winning games. If you're going to win seven, eight games this year, aren't you of the ilk and the want to, okay, let's improve upon that? Daniel. You don't want to come back next year and win seven or eight games, no. right? No, Daniel will be 30. I thought he was a couple years older, actually. Yeah, so, All right, we've got to take a break. We'll be back in two. We'll cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie. Dion's in for Waddle. Yurko's got the final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? Today's final word, word on Carmen and Yurko. You never heard of the Plus, you get it from Portugal, too. The Portuguese. I never heard that. The best, right? Arm. The best. One. Two, three. Yeah, you got to dip your octopus three times. I never and then that. you put it in the water. I'll do that next time I make octopus. Yeah. Now. 